Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's happening, everybody? Alex McCarthy here once again for another week, a third week of the Wrestling Daily. I am being flanked by my semi-regular co-host, Louis Dangle, the editor of all things on the website with Wrestle Talk. How are you, Louis? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got my pre-lockdown haircut where I was like, all right, four weeks. Am I going to be presentable for Wrestling Daily with my pre-existing haircut for four weeks? I don't know. So I thought, you know what? We'll go and get a trim, and uh, I think I'm looking sharp. That's a fresh haircut. That's a semi-fresh. It's semi. <laughs> I had mine done two weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm thinking, well, this fade's never going to last a four-week lockdown. But, you know, what I did in the summer of every interview, I just kind of put, put, had my snap back on for like three months straight because my hair was obscene. I remember it and got I, long, didn't it? It got really long. Well long. Like, I mean, obviously I'm half Irish for anyone who can – Guess, guess my name, <laughs> McCarthy. Um, and I just looked really, really Irish, like exceedingly Irish. But I digress. No one has tuned in to see how Irish I am. We are here to talk about wrestling. And um, well, first of all, we want to say thanks for everyone for coming back. We see you in the chat. And speaking of chats, Super Chats is my favorite part of the show. You know the deal. Any amount, get them in. Give us a hot take. Give us an opinion. And Louis and I will 1000% read that out and we'll get it going. So there you go. Whenever you need, whenever you're ready, get us some super chats going. Um, second of all, we are on podcast. I keep saying it, Lou. Good and bad. You will find us on podcast. And that is with Apple, with Spotify, Acast, all of the providers. So if you have missed any of the two weeks of the great wrestling daily we've had thus far, you know where to find us. You can get us straight on your phone, get in the bath, commuting to work. Probably not commuting to work now because lockdown's coming. But either way, you can get your pod. Uh, and of course, Wrestle 2 is right up around that, th- that 30,000 mark, Lou. Um, so, like, we're share. about 30 away, I think. 30? We're very close. We're very uh, close. Well, there you have it, guys. So, please do give us your likes, shares, and subscribes. Help our goddamn algorithms because I know that cocaine wasn't. Um, so, yeah. Let's get it going. Uh, let's move into the news. There's something I want to start with this week, Lou, and that is the um, Thunder Rosa, uh, her future and whatnot. So, of course, I have a radio show, as you guys will know, on TalkSport on Mondays. And at this point, I did talk about that somebody in WWE had told me that she was the plan for Halloween Havoc. I didn't actually report this. I was just talking about this on my show. But that turned into a report 
for Cultaholic. And I can't really blame them for running it because I was talking about it at the end of the day. Um, but it's not a report that I actually ran. And of course, it's come out today uh, since they posted it. Thunder Rosa has denied it. And Sean Ross Sapp has actually cleared up. And I've had a good chat with Sean in the DMs, actually, to find out what actually was the deal. So, yes, it was not Thunder Rosa. And apparently her contract is not up until uh 2021 with nwa so um i don't know if the aew kind of flexibility to work with them how that is still going but as it stands um she's not making any moves just yet despite all of the attention she is commanding on social media about it so uh the initial thing obviously was that there was going to be somebody making an appearance at the end of um halloween havoc there was no actual mention it was a debut so i want to clear that up i didn't say that there were reports or I didn't mean to say. I don't know how it's transpired. Uh, but either way, it was me who said that I had been told about Thunder. Um, not that it was concrete, just that's what I'd heard. Because you never run a report, as Louis knows, just on one person's say-so. So kind of upset it turned into a report. Um, and I don't want you to You got ever... melted. Well, got yeah, melted. I did. I, you know, But then at the same time, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a lesson you have to learn because you have to, you know, be responsible for what you say on these national platforms and stuff. So at the end of the day, it's a hard lesson that um, I haven't enjoyed learning by any stretch. You never want to be wrong or mislead anyone. And that's obviously never the intention. Um, this isn't something that I thought would actually be a report. So there you go, guys. That's where I stand. Um, it wasn't meant to be news and it isn't because she's not going there. So don't worry about it, guys. Uh, just thought I'd clear that up. If anyone has any questions for me, I'd like to be as transparent as they come. Please come at me either in the comments or on Twitter, whatever you like. Um, but that's where it stands. It was just a misunderstanding, I think, where I was providing some commentary and elaboration on something on a radio show that had somehow turned into a report. If I don't write it, it's not a report. All right. Uh, anyway, moving along nicely from that one. <laughs> I'm sure you do, Uptown Avondale. I'm sure you do enjoy misleading people. Um, many have before us. And there'll be many more after us, I'm sure of it. Uh, Lou, we've got some, uh, there's a lot of news to break down, by the way, at the there moment. Is. But I feel like we should start with um, the news that really makes our title this week. So we've got Ronda Rousey and we've got Sting. I'm going to start with Sting. Now, this is a curious one. It's a bit like the Brock Lesnar syndrome where he has moved away from the merchandise side of things, right? WWE have stopped selling it. Um, he's not available, which is almost a surefire sign they're not under contract with the company any longer. Um, I don't personally have any details on his contract situation or anything like that, but AEW, right around the same time, are promoting surprises at Full Gear. Um, people are saying this could coincide with a Sting debut, and I have no idea what possible capacity that could be in. But Louis, tell me what you have read and who it's from. So I think it's actually more just investig investigatory or investigative, whatever one. It's more work. Speculative, yeah. So it's people basically who have seen that WWE are no longer selling Sting merchandise, which uh, they aren't. So they have assumed he's obviously not under contract. I think it was actually reported around double or nothing time. So May that he wasn't under contract. And this would, I guess go hand in hand with a report from Dave Meltzer, who said that WWE has around a six month period from when someone's contract expires to when they're able to sell merchandise. So that's why we saw Brock and um, 
potentially not six months, but a couple of months period, which is why we saw Brock, uh, his merchandise go down around September, uh, uh, late August, early September time, which was a couple of months after his contract is said to have expired in um, April after WrestleMania. So I think a lot of it is speculative and people saying, oh, this could happen. It. Uh, no one is reporting that this is the plan. No one's saying that there's even been talks or anything. But I would be surprised if it wasn't something that if he was available, AEW would have considered because he would be a great get. And I'm sure a lot of people would tune into Dynamite the week after if they knew Sting was going to be there. But who knows? And I think AEW is a plethora of talent on, on the roster right now and on the independent scene that... This might not be Sting, but I mean, who knows? I think it's very hard to to say whether he will or won't appear. And I don't think anyone really knows for certain right now. No, I mean, that's the thing. We're talking about Sting appearing in AEW. What capacity? He can't wrestle, surely. Um, I know that I've seen him say that he thinks he could work a certain match, you know, and, and this is normally in reference to The Undertaker. But... I just don't see the benefit in that. I don't think AEW is dumping up that kind of money to make that happen either. Like, it seems if it was to happen, cool. Like, you know, I remember in TNA when he he did the managerial role for a little bit, uh, GM, that was fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's not the thing you want, of course, but it's still... I don't want it, him to wrestle. Even well, if the... Op- I mean, he, he has clearly got neck problems from, from the whole Seth Rollins match in 2015. I do not want him to wrestle. I want him to be as happy and as healthy as he as, as he can be. And wrestling probably won't help with that. I think a managerial role for someone like a a Darby Allen could be good. They've got that. I mean, st- Darby's been- that connection just like on the very vagueness of the character similarities in terms of like face paint. That's pretty much it. Like- no, Darby's been sitting in the crowd, like in the rafters, like Sting has been before. I know, it, I know, it's a bit of a stretch, and we're kind is. of clutching at straws, but it it's it's something that's that's there potentially. I I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. I mean, I don't know if that's a waste of a legend, but I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, a waste might be too strong. You could be right. I mean, it might be the the exact kind of rub they'd want to give to uh, be going and you know. Uh, sorry, uh, blossoming talent like Darby Allen. Um, I think a managerial role or something on screen is probably what it would be. Um, I don't want to see him wrestle either. I, let's hope that that's not even really on the table. So, um, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, I I could see him getting involved with them, and they treat legends extremely well there and seem to utilize them pretty well in managerial roles or different capacities, but. Ah, I, I mean, I don't know. In terms of, I don't even really know if we need to do the BSometer because no one's really reporting it. There's a lot of people connecting the yeah. dots. So exactly. I'm, I'm just going to leave it right there in the middle. In nobody, the middle. nobody really knows. Um, but I will say on this, we do have a super chat related to Sting coming from Tyler Woodward. Uh, hot take: AEW doesn't need Sting. Sting, that uh, they need to fix their women's division first before bringing in more legends to AEW. Tyler. I don't think anybody can debate with you. And Louis is the right man to have this conversation with because he's been very vocal about it on Twitter. All I will say is when I look at the full gear, um, I look at that pay-per-view card. It's a great card. Sure. Um, The fact that it's only got Sheeda and Nyla Rose from the women's side of it and that match has kind of been hastily put together anyway doesn't encourage me greatly. Um, There's reasons that people are missing, I understand, but they still haven't stacked their deck the way they should. Lou? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been, as Alex said, probably one of the most vocal people about AEW and its women's division or lack thereof. I mean, the women's title match at Full Gear has basically been booked because Nyla Rose said she wouldn't wrestle on, on Dynamite unless she got a title match. Like, can you imagine that happening for the men? No. The same care is not given. I can't remember the last time. I think Nyla Rose hasn't wrestled on TV since September, the beginning of September, I think 7th. So that's a long time. And then you're going to title match. When did Vicky become a manager? Like in the summer? So in the summer. So she's had one dynamite match since Vicky became her manager. So it, wow. it leaves a lot to be desired. I understand it with the ratings. They're a very ratings orientated company. So if they're not bringing in the ratings, but it's a vicious cycle. They're not bringing in the ratings because they're not being given the platform to showcase themselves week in and week out. So it's, it's. I mean, we're not going to beat a, a flog a dead horse with this one. But all I will say is, uh, and we're not going to cover this in great detail today because there is a lot of other news to cover. But Sienna or Alison Kay, as she's otherwise known, has today uh, confirmed that she's a free agent. Her NWA deal has expired. I think she would be a fantastic get for AEW. She would uh, provide that experience for the younger women on the roster. But uh, she's been on TV before with TNA and with NWA. She's done some great work. So I think she'd be a no-brainer. And as Tyler said, if AEW are looking in the market to pick up names and clearly have the money to do so, then someone like Sienna... Uh, would be fantastic for that. Yeah, uh, I I just wish, I guess, that AEW would be as proactive in securing female talent as they have been with the men. Um, certainly the ones that were released from the major companies, they've picked up all the, you know, I've got no complaints with the Miro's of this world and Eddie Kingston's and stuff. So you just hope they get some good women gets too. Um, another super chat coming in from Asagor. <laughs> How would you pronounce that, Lou? I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> well, anyway, we're very grateful for your super chat. Haven't watched a WWE product since last year's Hell in a Cell. I get way more enjoyment listening to you all and a few others. Well, we Thank appreciate you. you, my brother. We appreciate you, and you're welcome here anytime. Um, speaking of which, though, that Hell in a Cell featured Sasha and Bailey. So, not a bad note to leave on, my friend. It was really, really good. Um, so, I guess moving along into the news some more, we have to touch on Ronda Rousey. Now, um, I'm not going to go and done this a report per se, because it is very, very clear that Ronda Rousey has been back in wrestling training, Lou. We know that. Uh, and her um, ogre is great. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's what his name is. He's uh, he's clarified for us, Lou. It's fine. I saw. Uh, I saw. There we go. Um, so I think we all know that Rousey is uh, training for a potential comeback or is just generally training. And her husband has been spotted in pretty much all of the photos. That would be former UFC heavyweight Travis Brown. Um, and of course, the report we're seeing now, Lou, is that perhaps they're coming back as a package deal? Yeah, so uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful is saying that uh, Travis Brown has been, uh, so obviously Ronda Rousey's husband, Travis Brown, has been um, preparing or training uh, in wrestling, he is said to have impressive agility for a man of his size and has been working on his timing and selling. He is still with the UFC, but I think Dana White has even said before. Is he? I believe so. I believe he's, well, sorry, he's not retired from UFC. So he's in, he's in, is he in like the testing pool? He's right? in the USADA testing pool currently. Still. There we go. Okay. Um. So... I'd like the team to come back as a package. I remember, I think when she turned heel... Travis Brown was on TV with her for a few weeks, and I really liked that dynamic. I thought it added something to it. Um, he's a big dude. Um, so I, I, I'd like to see that. I think that would be really cool uh, to see them as a package if they do come to TV, debut together. Um, maybe something. I'm trying to think of a Travis Brown, Seth and 
Becky versus Travis and Ronda. I don't know whether I'd be interested in seeing that, but that's a thing that WWE would probably end up doing. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely interesting to note that they're, they're training together. I mean, wrestling, he, he could just be taking part in the training sessions that Ronda's taking part in, and they perhaps might not be um, preparing for a return together. Or Ronda may not even be returning herself. This could just be her warning during the pandemic with less to do, maybe just getting in the ring. But I think it's definitely interesting to note that they're doing stuff together, potentially setting up uh, something of a return. Yeah, I do. I do think she does return at some stage. I'm not someone who thinks it's a lock she faces Becky Lynch at the next WrestleMania or anything, but I do think, you know, she's still connected with WWE and there is unfinished business there, without you know, without a doubt. Um, and I know her husband's expressed an interest here prior. So uh, before I make a great segue into another UFC heavyweight in Cain Velasquez, um, how about we bring this up from Mod Mother Lady Lou, Louie. It's taking part in Movember. Yes, that is a uh, moustache emanating from the top of Louis's lip. We are uh, three days in, and yeah. th- this is what we got. So it's not awful. It's oh. not. It's it's not horrendous. But I thought so. For those that don't know, Movember is basically for a month. You grow the fa- as much facial hair as you can um, to raise awareness and money for men's health charities. So if it's uh, something like prostate cancer, testicular cancer, or men's suicide, which is going alarmingly up and up and up. So if people do want to donate, there's obviously no obligation to. It's in the description of the YouTube video on the first line. It's just a a page to obviously get donations. If you can't or don't want to, there's no obligation to, but they'd all be greatly appreciated. And yeah, I I think by by the end of this month, we could be seeing some questionable facial hair uh, from me. (laughs) To go with the haircut, it'd be great. It's going to be great. Can I, can I just pull something else up? Go on. So this is my brother. <laughs> Let me know how to get on. So Diogo Jota has obviously just scored for Liverpool. And I said to him, listen, text me if anything happens. And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to put it in the comments. You're not looking at your phone. So Liverpool are one nil up. I'm a happy boy. I, I do appreciate that level of um, brotherly love. Um, I, I, will, I will say on November as well for you, um, 20-year-old me could definitely not muster what you've got. I still struggle to get what I've got now. So I'm impressed, Lou. I'm backing you. So, so my dad's Middle Eastern. So I do have half of the... So he's got like a full beard. So I have half of that gene that I just... I can't get here. Like the cheeks, the cheeks I can't do. The moustache and this bit I can do. But the cheeks, no. So we'll see how it is uh, in a month. Well, I will donate. That much I can promise you now. I'm backing you, my friend. And uh, uh, Jobber, J, 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 Jobber JJ has as well. I know. Um, yeah, thank you very much. I, I think I DM'd you this week. If I didn't, that is my bad. But it was uh, a very nice surprise when I woke up and saw that you donated. It was very much appreciated. And do you know what Jobber JJ is and anyone who sends in a super chat? Do you know what they are, Lou? Are they a good egg? They are good eggs. That's what we like on this show. Good, great eggs. I don't want no rotten eggs. Who wants that? We want good. Not me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let me pivot back to Cain Velasquez. Now, I actually tweeted about this earlier too. Uh, Ray Mysterio had a chat with Ariel Helwiney and he said that he doesn't think Cain Velasquez is done with WWE. Now, we know the former UFC heavyweight champion, a man that actually dealt with Brock Lesnar in a real-life fight situation, and I mean really dealt with him. Um, He obviously had a cup of coffee in WWE. He had the fight in Saudi Arabia, and then he was let go with the sweeping cuts in April. Um, I actually met Cain at the January launch party with BT and WWE. It seems like they thought a great deal of him at that point. And yeah, I, I was surprised to see that they would let him go, but uh, uh, presumably they had quite the investment there. Um, they hot shotted the Brock Lesnar match and he went. And it's a shame, Lou, because what we saw in AAA, he had more on his, you know, more than what he showed in his two minute outing versus Brock Lesnar. So uh, what do you make of Rey Mysterio's comments? Do you think that they're actually like a prelude to what's to come? Um, uh... I don't know. I think that a Mysterio sort of family thing with Cain Velasquez and Dominic, that could be a fun little tag team run, I guess, for a bit. That could be fun to sort of hide both, maybe do like a three-man faction and hide both flaws, which, I mean, with Dominic, there aren't many, just inexperienced, really. And Kane, he, he showed with his Lucha Libre style in AAA that he can do it. I think WWE just wanted him to work the MMA style. You do the takedowns. You do the real fighting. It just didn't work. And I mean, he was his time in WWE was not indicative of what I think his talent is, uh, basically what he can do. Um, so I think that we definitely should. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. But what I have found, and this is peeling back the curtain a touch from the website side of it. Whenever we've put Cain Velasquez on a title or a thumbnail, people don't seem to care too much. And it was the same thing with Tyson Fury. His... Mm-hmm. It wasn't the sort of big draw that I guess I was expecting. It was sort of like, okay, Tyson Fury, big UK name here. Everyone sort of cares about Tyson Fury. But in the US, I don't think that translated over. So I don't know whether there's a real clamoring to have him back, to have uh, uh, Cain Velasquez back and guys like that. So I think it remains obviously to be seen what happens there. But I definitely wouldn't be opposed to seeing him uh, have another crack at it and see see what he can do. A uh, few things on that one. Um, first of all, on the style that he wrestled, I think it's well known that he had knee problems. 
yes. going into the match. So whether he wanted to work a Lucha Libre style or not, he wasn't able to. Not that he probably would have with Brock Lesnar anyway. But the point is, is that he obviously he had um, a dodgy knee and they were kind of just jettisoning him, him to make sure he had this match, right? That's pretty much where that landed. Um, in terms of what you just said about website appeal, um, so WrestleTalk, for instance, and TalkSport, where I work, they're going to have two very different audiences. Of course. You know what I mean, yours is wrestling centric. So for me, the Tyson Fury stuff was a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Because we're obviously yeah. a big boxing centric site too. Mm. So you have and, to... and, I, and I presume obviously that UK audience who know Fury slightly more, obviously the majority of our audience is US based. Yeah. So I presume that probably had a impact on it as well, where if, I don't know, people that are boxing fans go on to TalkSport.com and go, all right, what's happening with Tyson Fury? And they go, all right, you're stepping into this wrestling thing. What's that about? Whereas I don't know whether there's that appeal and knowledge of him, I guess, on the American side of things. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I feel like the Tyson Fury stuff did do well for us overall. And, and you know, you got to remember he's coming on the radio and everything with us and we're doing interviews and whatever. Like, so it's different because, you know, like I said, my our audience is like multiple sports and whatnot, whereas wrestling with talk is different. But having said that, the reason I say that is to say this, Cain Velasquez still didn't do well for us. So, you know, um, I don't, I, the, I said this earlier on Twitter, I felt bad for the go that Kane got in WWE. If that is it, if he never went back, It'd be like, oh, that's a bit sucky, isn't it? Like, you know, just to to kind of get in there, be the match that you thought was your money match, and probably the whole point for bringing him in. Two minutes done. Thanks for coming. See you later. Um, you yeah. know, he may he may have got paid well for it, but I can't imagine that's may know, have. He would have, um, <laughs> I can't remember. It would have satisfied him a great deal, yeah. right? So, um, I I do feel for him, and I kind of wish that he had a bit. You know, I, I, I don't know. So I, I, I real crack at it at least. But having said that, when I looked at him, like, you know, when he would like appear on the ramp and stuff, he just didn't look, um, you know, when you look at Lesnar, you're like, oh my God, Lesnar could kill me. But And Kane Blasquez could obviously kill me. But when I look, <laughs> when I look at him and he's like standing at the top of the ramp, he just looks like a biggish bloke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Uh, he he looked. I mean, there was that joke that went around. He looked like Dominic that had shaved his hair when he came out for that. I don't know whether that was because we just weren't expecting it, but it, it happened, and everyone was like, "It's Dominic with a shaved head." Oh no, it's Cain Velasquez who legitimately beat up Brock Lesnar in a UFC fight. So I mean, he, he, as you say, he doesn't look physically impressive, but he is physically impressive. He can do a lot of stuff. So, I mean, it, uh, as you say, he wasn't really given a fair shake at it. He obviously had injury problems and it was kind of hot shot. I think they should have let the injury recover, let him get surgery if that's what he needed and then let him have a proper go at it. And then, I mean, the match was so underwhelming. If, if I remember correctly, it was three minutes or something like that. And it was quick and tapped out. And I know that UFC MMA fights, that they're not glamorous. They're not long sort of drawn out story masterpieces the aim is to get it done as quickly as possible get out of there bish bash bosh done and in, in that sense brock did that but i don't know whether that's the style that kane should have be wrestling so i mean let, let's see how it goes and obviously see what the future holds but in terms of the story i don't see him returning anytime soon all right um a few super chats on the way um although i will actually note this from johnny t who does say Tyson Fury is well known in the US. Of course, he is after demolishing yeah. Deontay Wilder. Um, he's probably the biggest heavyweight 
in world boxing. You could argue alongside Joshua because Joshua is like a marketing machine. Um, yeah. But he's I don't, I don't think um, Tyson Fury's match with uh, Braun was aesthetically pleasing. However, I would like him to get the go of it with, you know, you've got to remember, like a, I think we said this last week, Pat McAfee had the beauty of Adam Cole. And uh, Dominic had the luxury of Seth Rollins. Like, this is different. There's levels to this. So, yeah. uh, anyway, moving along to some super chats. We've got one from our good friend Maddie, the hot Scot says, can we please get some good egg merch? Well, you know what, Matty? I will speak to our uh, big, big Pete Quinnell about that, Louis. Because um, I think it would be more palatable than our um, cocaine references. I do agree. Yeah, I think if we we could have some fun with it, we could have some good egg fun with it. We could think of some cool designs. So no, it sounds like a good idea. Something that we'll take into consideration. Obviously, give Matty uh, no royalties and no credit <laughs> for coming up with the idea. Under the bus, you go, Matty. Uh, <laughs> JJ says off topic. Walter V. Dragon novels like a teenager discovering the internet. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm just all the memories are coming flooding back. Um, good lord, it was awesome and stiff as a horse. Hashtag good egg support Louis if you can. Of course, I endorse that wholeheartedly uh in his Movember bid. Yes, I mean, we did talk about this uh fairly extensively last week. Volta with a V on this show, um, and Dragunov absolutely astounding work and and you know what i loved about it the most is that it's totally individual there's no other match like it this year um they worked a certain style that uh where all the shackles were on them in the no fans era they actually used it to their advantage and created some kind of masterpiece like i I just feel like in a modern interpretation of wrestling with a throwback style it really was uh, so gripping That, that that was the main thing to me i couldn't take my eyes off it because it was so engrossing of how like gradually violent and um, how, you know, Dragunov kind of working from underneath that whole story that was told. I, I mm. loved it. I can't, I, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly, uh, Jobber JJ. Um, loved it. Lou? Yeah, it, it was really good. And I think that in the modern era, this is a good way that I like to say if I'm really into something. So when I watch Raw, I normally have my phone out and I'm either scrolling through Twitter or whatever. When I was watching this, I just watched it. I just didn't did, didn't pay attention to anything else. I watched the match and I couldn't look away because it was so good and I didn't want to miss something. It, it was it was uncomfortable to watch at times, but in a good way because it was so stiff. I really liked it and I, I hope that we see more of this from NXT UK and hopefully this gets more eyes on NXT UK, which is doing some great stuff at the moment. Ilya's done some great work, had that good match with Finn, this great match with, with uh, that great match with Cesaro last year. And then this match again here, he's doing some great stuff. Walter is Walter who will, or Walter is doing fantastic Walter. work, is doing fantastic work. And uh, yeah, he is, he, he's a freak, man. He is, he is a, freak of nature they did him dirty last year at survivor series oh don't and, uh, i spoke to him about that and he was like oh you know i'm not gonna he, he doesn't basically waste his time getting upset about things he said he goes oh, you know i can't i was about to do an accent i'm not gonna do an accent he's like you know i can't don't, don't, don't do an accent he was like i can't worry about you know things like this because i just worry about doing my job and to be fair to him i look at him now and i think man him and lesnar beating the crap out of each other like not just a finisher fest thing but like actually beating the crap out of each other for like 10, 15 minutes would be the highest amount of money. It would be incredible. Anyway. But I mean, before... he, he doesn't, on that note, he doesn't want to come over. I well, oh, ah, 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 ah. 
He doesn't want to live here. He li- live in the States. Thank you. Qualify the statement. He actually said that to me in an interview, not like me to bring this up, but he said that to me in an interview at um, Cardiff last year, that he's more than open to flying back and forth, that he'll go and work on the main roster, but he ain't going to live there. Is, uh, is that sustainable, though? No, <laughs> is the answer, because <laughs> WWE could bring him in for programs, right? You can bring him yeah. in and you, you can work him however many shows to the pay-per-view. But at the end of the day, imagine the world where we're not stricken by this terribleness and this COVID, right? Yeah. And how shows are back. How's that going to work? He can't fly. You know, they'd have to come to an agreement there. Um, But I do think there is a future for him on the main roster. Um, It just depends how they work it out, I guess. Before we um, get into more news, I feel like we should have a hot take. Go on. Hi, guys. I'm Matthew, and here's my hot take. The Bray Wyatt character has got to go. It's run out of steam. It's done. It's dusted. It's time for it to say goodbye. The whole thing of he has magical powers and he can disappear from the ring. I know that's something that's been done in the past, but you know what? That was in the past. It's just too corny. It's got to go. The previous Bray Wyatt character, um, where he felt like something out of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hell, even that seems more realistic. It's time that the Bray Wyatt character is done. Maddie, 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 my Welsh friend. Um, listen, yes, that is, a, that is a spicy bit, take. Bit hot, bit hot for me. I feel like I need a little bit of a drink. I really do. Um, me too. Let me tell you something. Uh, I'm currently very much enjoying Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss as a pair. I think that's one of the best things about WWE TV right now. Certainly one of the best things Raw has got going on right now. Um, so am I tired of Bray Wyatt? No. Um, do I understand what Matt is saying in terms of the supernatural elements of wrestling? A bit, but I, I don't. I, it's not that I want rid of them or anything. I, I think when used correctly, it's okay because I'm not like hardcore Jim Cornette where I say you can't do this or you know you. At the end of the day, you look at all the uh, cinematic matches we've had this year. It's produced some great stuff from time to time. So I don't think you should be like limit wrestling. That's the whole point: is that wrestling can be more. And what meets the eye, and you can, you know, I know you, you want to suspend your disbelief, but at the end of the day, it's, it's entertainment as well. So I don't mind it. I'm okay with Bray Wyatt in his incarnation. And I don't get me wrong, I was pulling my hair out the way he was used the first time around, where he was just losing every big feud he got into. And I was like, look, just book the man well. I and mean, you've got a big star, but I'm okay with where we're going to. The only thing I don't like is how the Fiend matches have that pattern of finisher, finish, finisher can't finish him he finishes you i tell you what the next hot take which i've seen and you haven't yet which is in the drive hold that thought about fiend matches hold that thought okay so this is for me i understand what you're saying fiend is very limited when he has stuff like he's got right now it's it's so encapsulating though the whole alexa bliss storyline is so great you can tell that he he's he's doing great stuff. For me, where his character falls down is the handling of it. When WWE just goes, all right, we're going to put you in a title program. That doesn't work. He shouldn't be anywhere near the title. He is, and and it's it's a testament to him that he doesn't need it. You, he can be his own main eventer without it. And I know that uh, biggest draw, you put them in the title program, but I think it's it's uh, the only issues with the fiend thus far in his in his debut uh, since his debut on the main roster have been when WWE has put him in title programs and then crapped the bed. We saw it with <laughs> Seth. 
We saw it with um, Goldberg. It's a title. Then we're like, oh, God, we panic. What do we do? What do we do? Do we beat him? Do we keep him on it? Why should The Fiend care about a title? He shouldn't. So I don't think there's an issue with him. I like it. I just think it needs to be more thought, make more sense out of it. Yeah, I think The Fiend, you know, like you said, it's a complicated character, but that's the whole point of it. You're meant to help us peel back the layers so we understand, like, what makes him weak. Like, that's on WWE to make mm. that, you know, to make that palatable for all of us. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think there's some kinks in how you work a match with him, but I do think the character is brilliant. So there you I've have it. Some uh, good news. I've got some good news. No, it's not another. It's not 2 0, is it? 2 0. Oh, my Lord. Who scored? Diego Jota. Again. He's flying. The kid is flying. <laughs> speaking of someone, speaking of things that come in twos, Tyler's back. Tyler uh, is back. And he says, hot take Survivor Series feels pointless this year. Bragging rights has been so overdone. It's getting boring. Needs to be more on the damn line. Tyler. You and I are on the same page, my friend. Absolutely. Um, we all are. Listen, I, I said this on my show yesterday. Uh, for me, when I think about my favourite Survivor Series matches, and I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but you have to hear me out. You have to give me a chance. So 2001, with the Invasion and WWF versus um, Team Alliance, there couldn't have been more at stake. Now, if I was watching that today, I'd probably be like, well, I know WWE aren't going to lose this. But at the time... I didn't really know anything, right? I was a kid, so mm. it was very much enjoyable. There were, felt It felt like the stakes were super, super high. There was stuff to compete for. Same as two years later with Austin and Eric Bischoff. Who's going to stay and be the GM of Raw? You picked two teams together. You had Michaels, you know, that main narrative of him bleeding literally like 10 pints of blood to Steve Austin. Uh, amazing. Amazingly gripping stuff. It meant something. The rest of these matches, man, like there's nothing at stake. Like, And I know that these are stories that have played into it. And, you know, it's hard maybe to do that every year. But at this this whole brand supremacy thing is rubbish, in my opinion. It was cool when it first kind of happened and these, these cross invasions happened. You remember when SmackDown came and... Um, Becky Lynch, yeah, awesome. like yeah, yeah, and um, I think Shane gets in the ring and he's leading the troops, and like even the New Day are like crucifying people backstage. Like that was great, but I just I feel like that's run its course a little bit. And and as I've said this before, I feel like NXT injected something different last year, which made it okay. And yeah. the weeks of television leading up to it, but made let's it not, good. but let's not forget that initial invasion wasn't planned. No, it was forced at the last minute. And that gave mm. us the best five days of Adam Cole on the main roster. Oh, I loved that. That was so good. That yeah. was. I remember watching it. And then when he was backstage with Daniel Bryan, and I was like, no, no, they're not. They're not going to do it. Then he was like, all right, let's do it. And they were like, put the NXT title on the line. I was like, imagine yeah, getting a bit hot, getting a bit yeah. hot. I was yeah. Like, Whoa. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I mean, listen, this Survivor Series stuff, it's uh, you know what the most frustrating thing is. Look at teams, Team Raw, Braun, AJ, Se- uh, uh, Sheamus. All three of those were on SmackDown uh, last month prior to the draft. Keith Lee was on, was in NXT 
in uh, August. So why do these people care? And that comes to the stakes part. You make us know why they care by giving it stakes. If it's like, listen, if you fight for this brand and you win, you get a title shot at blah, or you get the chance to fight for a title match or whatever it is. I think you can work around it and it is just lazy. And this is sort of a report from Dave Meltzer. Uh, this week, who basically said that people within WWE aren't too happy about the Survivor Series pay-per-view. I think his exact wording was, it's getting in the way of things, like with the Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre program and Fiend and Miz, where there's a lot going on. You've then got, I mean, he can't, there, there can't be a payoff, whether, whether it's a four-way with Miz or a triple threat without Miz. You can't really have that payoff until TLC in December, because you've got this, oh, it's November, so Survivor Series is here. So it, it, it comes as a stumbling block, and I think that it could be used better elsewhere. You, I don't think it has to be brand supremacy. You could have something like... Uh, now, quiz, now find me to think of something that works <laughs> five on five, but I can't. Um, I don't know. I was about to say something women related with like Sasha and Bailey, but there's not 10 women on SmackDown. Um, moving on from this point because it was, yeah. it wasn't very well thought out. But no, I I, I understand. Back to Tyler's point, he's one hundred percent right. These matches need stakes, and when we don't have them, it just gives us less reason to care. So yeah, I do agree with him. Yeah, me too. Um, hard agree there. And also, Alex Smith here reminding us that Team Authority versus Team Cena in two thousand and fourteen, I believe, was very good. Um, I've spoken. You know, I'll tell you why that's good very quickly. Dolph Ziggler was on fire. Um, and he was obviously booked tremendously. It was like one of the most fulfilling Dolph Ziggler bookings I've ever watched. Uh, and of course, we've got the Sting debut, which was nice. Um, a nice fitting finale. Um, unfortunately, yeah, that didn't really go anywhere for Dolph. I've spoken to him about that in multiple interviews, and uh, he's not bitter at all, nor should he be. Moving along with some news, uh, what else have we got on the agenda today, Lou? Because I feel like we've touched on our top two topics. What's next in the can? In terms of, go on, hit me. What do you, what do you want to cover? <laughs> I'm asking you. You're you're the guy. Well, how about this? How about this? Right, um, as a nice pivot away, wrestle votes and the Thunderdome. Okay, give us that one. Wrestle votes and the Thunderdome. So. Russell Votes have tweeted this. Big day for voting. So go over, obviously, linked to the election. Uh, but this is Russell Votes. So regardless of the next location for the Thunderdome, obviously, we know already it's been reported that uh, WWE going to be, be moving out in December. But not to facilitate fans, it will be for another move to another location with the Thunderdome. Uh, it is expected to last until into February. However, WWE is working on something different for the Royal Rumble event. They want fans, even if it's just for that one show. And this does make a lot of sense because the Royal Rumble without fans just, it, it, it doesn't work. Ten, nine, eight, all right. And with the, with the delay of, the, of, the, of the, the crowd noise, it just wouldn't work. Even if they go to the Capitol Wrestling Center for a week and they have the fans there, I wouldn't care. And I mean, if the rumored Rumble, play, imagine if Rock comes back and wins the Rumble. No, don't do that. Imagine. 
Yeah, Imagine. I mean, don't get me wrong. And like, the Thunderdome goes I'd, wild. I'd, I'd be down, but don't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. But no, imagine if there are fans there and he comes out with number 30 and then he wins the Rumble. Great. But I think because we're in this no fans era and the other option, obviously, if reports would be to leave, could be Edge for Randy Orton. And if you want Edge's return and mirroring of last year, you would like that to have that in front of fans and give him that moment that he was robbed at uh, Mania. So, I mean... I understand why WWE want this, and I think they're definitely doing the right thing by taking this slowly because Florida government, there is no um, limit on fans at the moment. You can have fans as many as you want. So WWE is definitely doing the right thing by being safe with this and saying, right, let's give this a go. Let, let, let's wait. But, I mean, I can 100% understand why the Rumble, why they want fans of the Rumble, and I hope that we get it in a safe manner and a manner that does make sense. Because at the end of the day, fans are great. We want it as journalists. Fans want it at home. But safety is a priority. So that obviously has to come first before anything. It's uh, the priority, in fact. You know, that's the thing. Um, WWE are, you know, buying their time at the moment, but they have had a lot of mishaps with COVID and a lot of outbreaks. And, you, you know, it's, it's one thing to take the safety precautions, but I guess I hope they're just not doing it to buy equity to then say, well, regardless, we're going to do it at the Rumble, right? We're going to do it with fans. Of course, I want to see the Rumble with fans. I went to the last Royal Rumble. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever been to, honestly, in terms of atmosphere. It's just, how do you do that without compromising the safety and how much capacity do they run it at? But also, if they are intending to run WrestleMania at a full crowd, and we still haven't really heard any more about that, if they're going to do it at Tampa or if it's going to remain in California, whatever, right? Um, if they are intending to do that, which they are, if you can know Vince at all, they're going to have, they can't, that can't just be the first one. Do you know what I mean? They can't just go, oh, trial run WrestleMania. It, they will try and roll out the Royal Rumble. I, I can imagine that to be true. And as far as taking the Thunderdome on the road, unless you can't do it at the Amway Center, I don't really get that. Like, just. So um, the Amway Center is because the NBA because the NBA is restarting in December, so they can't have... Uh, the venue's going to be in use, and they can't basically move the Thunderdome on the roads. They have to find a new location where right. a team isn't playing that's going to be free. I get that. you can't just detach the Thunderdome and then retach it every week because it is such a massive, I guess, massive scale thing. And that is also why you can't take it on the road. So they, they, but I believe Russell tweeted they want a fixed location, basically, for my, the my, Thunderdome. My argument with that is... The NBA just had a bubble also in Orlando. Are they not doing that again next season? Are you saying that they're going back to road games? I mean, I presume the Amway Centre's involved somehow. Well, I guess if they're looking for somewhere else, it must be busy. So I guess it's a bit of a mute, a mute point. They must be busy. But nevertheless, um, yeah, finding a new home for the Thunderdome, I'm not against it. Um, you know, and obviously AEW are having their limited capacity you know i think there's still tickets for full gear on on saturday at the moment and that's not indicative of the quality of the show because the show yeah the quality is high um it's more to do i guess with people's concerns so you know it's um it's a fluid situation i guess but i would love to see the rumble have fans if they can do it safely another super chat hot off the press from isaac roberts hot take everyone loves the hot take drew shouldn't win I mean, I want to stop reading already. Uh, get 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 rid of it. Um, shouldn't win the WWE title again unless in the UK in front of a full crowd. If he does, he'll eventually get boring and we'll all lose interest. 
Isaac, man. Firstly, let, let me just say thank you for your super chat because yes. I, we, we are now we're now about to go into I believe what is called the shooting territory, where Alex and I, as big Drew McIntyre fans, do not hold back and we just go full throttle into um, disagreeing with your hot takes. So, do do you do you want to take this one first? I'll start. Listen, um, Drew McIntyre is doing just fine at the moment, and he is in a great trajectory. I actually think. His character has rebounded one of the best from losing the titles I can think of in recent memory. He seems compare it to Kofi. Compare it to Kofi. Right. Uh, he seems re-energized, seems refreshed. They seem to have a direction, more importantly. There's a plan for Drew in play here. I honestly believe, and I've got nothing, and I'm going to be careful to say this after the Thunder Rosa mess. This is not a report, but I do believe that they have put the belt on Randy to save Reigns and McIntyre. They don't want that at this Survivor Series, I think. Um, hey. Hey, just don't do it. Just don't book the match. Just, well, I mean, just keep the title on Drew and just don't have them. Just like last year, we, we had title matches at Survivor Series. The, the top champions didn't go head to head. Well, Brock did. Brock did what he wanted. He, he always does. Well, everyone um, did. Everyone did. Uh, Fiend had uh, 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 Brian. 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 Brock had um, Ray. Ray and. Adam Cole had Pete Dunn. Yeah. I mean, so the there's of, precedent for it. But the, the three way happened, though, didn't it? For yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the top titles were, were kept out of it, which yeah. I don't think is the working to. When they obviously didn't want to do Brock and the reason they did, they, they didn't want to do Brock and uh, have Brock and Fiend in the same match. Yeah. But because they did do it the year before, right? It was Brock and um, Brian. Which was champ- great match as, as the champions. Anyway, we're getting away from the point. Drew is doing great on his trajectory, I think, and um, I think him as the champion only helped him flourish. I don't think he's getting boring at all. Um, I, 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 let me qualify this, Isaac. I, I do understand what you're trying to say. I do comprehend what you're trying to say. Uh, and yes, I would love to see him get his big moment in front of the UK fans. Um, whenever that will be, I think June is the next scheduled UK tour. If, if all goes well, um, I would love to see Drew get his props and get the love that he so dearly commands because no one is trying to bring a WWE pay-per-view to the UK more than Drew. So, listen, yeah. um, it would be great, sure, but I don't think you keep him away from the title, um, especially when we have no idea what that timeline looks like. No, I mean, the next UK show could be six months. It could be six years. I mean, it won't, but who knows? It, it, the point is, we don't know a time scale. And I mean, if you're talking about Drew, Drew for me is the most interesting character he's been that has lost the title. He has not fallen down the wayside. He has not fought. He, I can't remember the last time someone stayed so relevant while while not doing it. And if anything, I think his character potentially got better where he's showing the side. He doesn't just want to beat Miz for the title. He doesn't want to beat Fiend. He wants to beat uh randy and that that's such an interesting story and yeah. such an interesting interesting dynamic to take so i think that, that listen isaac i very much appreciate your super chat i very much appreciate your comment but we do not accept slander for drew mcintyre on this show although having said that isaac is kind of not slandering because he wants him to get his big moment so i i, I like it but no <laughs> no, no <laughs> don't keep him away from the title i love drew um uh, you know what i will say as well when it comes to uh, somebody asked me for my list, and this might be a hot take of the top 10 in-ring workers of 2020. Now it's very difficult 
to make that list, right? Because there's only so you, New Japan automatically kind of comes down because they missed a chunk of the year. So you know what I'm saying? That yeah, although yeah. although in my criteria, that's that's how it would work anyway. They would they would slide a bit, um, which kind of leaves you with the NXTs and um, AEWs and WWE really to fight it out for that top slot. You could make a strong argument that Drew McIntyre's had the best. 2020 you like i'm not saying that's an open and shut case but you could make the call if you're looking from january to now with what he did at the rumble all the way to mania and the momentum and then the pay-per-views he had from wrestlemania onwards as champion every time he delivered i think there's a case to say he's been one of the strongest stars of 2020 and i know you know sasha banks and bailey of course have been tremendous and adam cole and Cody, uh, Moxley, like there's a lot of candidates across all of those brands, but I honestly think Drew McIntyre has a case. I do agree with you. I think Drew McIntyre has had the roughest draw of this. You tell someone, listen, your big break's coming, you, you, your time. We told you this 10 years ago, but it's happening now. And then the world ends when he's starting to be booked as a babyface. And the fact he has been so over as a babyface when we have had no fans is a testament to him. He's done fantastic work. We'll always be a big Drew fan for his... Uh, conduct outside of the ring in interviews and with with his handling of media appearances and his performances inside the ring and on the mic. So listen, uh, as we said earlier, and um, I think we've said it on shows previously, Drew is, is a massive favourite of ours and I'd love to see him, but, well, I'd love to, I was about to say back in the title picture, but he hasn't left it and I don't think he will anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 going to respectfully disagree with this hot take from yes. Isaac and and agree with yours on Drew being uh, one of the top wrestlers for twenty. Yeah, one of like I'd like to stipulate that in the conversation, he's he is one of the top tiers. Issue. I would also, and I'm seeing in the comments here, I agree. Seth Rollins should be in that conversation. He's had plenty of bangers as the Messiah. Um, also, Oscar, I feel like the last couple of months. Uh, they haven't treated her amazing as the champ, but um, prior to that, this year she was um, outstanding. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people in that in that conversation for sure. Let's get to uh, we got a super chat and then we have got another hot take. So, Bo Hill, glad to see you come through with a super chat, my friend. Um, you know, fan of the show. I love that Abby the Witch hates Bliss. One of my faith things about the story. Also, glad Cross is back. Can't wait to see where that story goes. Yes, Bo. One has to imagine that uh, Alexa and Nikki is the easy story to tell there. Um, and that gives Alexa something to do and show off her new darker side, Lou. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's 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 Alexa Bliss is doing fantastic work. She is great in the role she's in, and it's very interesting. Uh Cross having that. I mean, the fact if you told me that Bliss would be the one being, I guess, the demented one in a in a relationship between her and Nikki Cross, I probably would have called you crazy. But th- this is the cards we've been dealt, and I think it's working well that Cross is, I guess, more normal now, so it really accentuates how off the rails Bliss has gone. So, yeah, I'm really interested in it. A few between these two could be great, and I think if we don't see Alexa Bliss in the title picture within the next couple of months, I'd be very surprised. I'm loving the work she's doing. And, yeah, I thought the Fly Fires Funhouse segment was one of my highlights of Raw, as it most often is. Let me tell you something. Uh, True Hill Heat says Kenny Omega is number one, but Drew is in the convo. Um, don't know about that. I don't know if uh, Kenny has had as many great matches as Drew this year. I, know, I think we are holding Kenny to Kenny standards. Well, where... yes, but that's not the point, is it? He had the amazing tag match, but can you name off the top of your head? I know Penta was great this week on TV, 
off the top of your head, has he got five or six like Drew has on pay-per-view? I'm just saying, we haven't got time to go into deep yeah. stuff. But I will say, I think if Drew, if, if Kenny has the match Drew has, we don't think of it as highly because it is Kenny Omega. Yeah, but also having said that, if you put Kenny Omega and Drew next to each other name value, people will make go, oh, Kenny's great though. Yeah, yeah, he is great. But we're talking objectively in 2020, who's had the stellar year from January to now. I, think... I have to work with Tempest, who is the biggest New Japan and AEW fan that I've ever met. So well, I am I'm... going to have to disagree with this. I'm, I'm just because... here to be the most <laughs> balanced man possible. And I respect both their talents, but I just don't think you should um, underplay somebody because it's popular p- opinion that no, Kenny Omega I, so I do agree. There you go. Right. Uh, let's get a hot take from the Caped Crusader, Louis. My hot take is that sometimes it's actively good for a wrestler to have bad wrestling matches. Modern wrestling shows are full of great matches and great wrestling. So if you have a character that can have matches that are bad, but cool in another way, that's better than if they had also great wrestling matches. For example, The Fiend, he shouldn't have good wrestling matches. He's not a wrestler. He shouldn't do wrestling stuff. He should have cool horror scenes, and you're going to have a better wrestling show with him doing a bad match that's cool for his story than if he did a great wrestling match. I think we should qualify what he means by bad. That's my problem. That's my problem with that hot take. Like, so yes, in a way, I understand what he means. Like, I don't want to see basically not a technical masterpiece. No, I don't don't want to see a Matt Classic with the Fiend. No, I don't want to see arm drags. No, but um, you know what? What a (laughs) Uptown Avondale has found a way. To get us in there. Romain is a hell of a lettuce. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with what he's saying by the very notion of it. You don't want every single match to be the same. And, you know, to it's it, to me, for The Fiend, yeah, he's not meant to be the technical master that, like, say, Chad Gable is, right? But good and bad, you can have a good yeah. match by telling a story and doing different things that play into the mm. character doesn't like the definition of a good match doesn't just lie in the technical wrestling like so the match with the uh, fiend and finn from SummerSlam was i would say a very good match in terms of what it set out to do established over the thing and it really did i think it was perfection almost so in terms of that i think you can say that that was a good match but in, if you're talking like a good wrestling match with wrestling shiznits it wasn't a good wrestling masterpiece, but it was a good wrestling match to serve its purpose. Yeah. Um, I, I just, that's what I mean. I, I know what he means, but to say bad match is good for someone, it never really is. If you stink out the place, no. you stink out the place. Like, like the Fiend and Rollins had a bad match, right? Like into in that Hell in a Cell. And, and it was, it's not so much that their execution was wrong. It was just the booking and everything about it was wrong. And it, you know, it led to a terrible backlash and okay, we've got the Messiah out of it and the fiends. Okay. Now via terrible catastrophe against Goldberg. But uh, I wouldn't say that that bad match was a good thing. Um, Yeah. No, no. I I do agree with, with what you mean. A hundred percent. I think that it's, I, I think that variety is nice on a wrestling card. So, and I mean, we're going on the theme because I think that was the example he used, and that's the example that obviously came to us. But Bray Wyatt himself is a great wrestler. He's had great matches, so it's not yeah. like he can't. It just doesn't suit the character. And I do think that's important playing to a character's strengths. 
and putting them in matches and in scenarios that suits them, like the Fly Fly Funhouse, which mm. wasn't a wrestling match, but it's still one of my favorite things that I've seen all year in, 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 on any wrestling show. Yeah, um, and you know, it's, it's worth noting that The Undertaker worked different styles as the dead man to the American badass. It's all about who you're trying to be and portray in the ring. Um, as Mod Mother Lady Lou says here, reminder, everyone is allowed to have their opinions. Just be nice about it. Keep it clean. Don't spam it and no personal attacks. I can't... Unless it's Drew Slander. Yeah. In which yeah. case, you are not allowed that opinion. Listen, um, people are free to disagree with me as I am with them, but I respect everyone who comes into the chat. And and uh, I always say this on Twitter too. If you're sincere, please come be a good egg. You're more than welcome. Uh, everyone's allowed to have an opinion. Of course they are. Uh, bit of news to finish on. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a down note, so I hope we don't finish on it. Kylie Ray retiring, Lou. Um, she put out the statement mm -hmm. and it seems as though she's going to be stepping away from wrestling. Yeah, let's preface this by saying, obviously, we hope Kylie's all right. That is the main priority. While it would have been great to see her continue wrestling, hopefully she's all right. And I hope she finds happiness with whatever she does with her life and whatever she decides to do moving forward. But she did announce on Patreon that she's no longer a professional wrestler. This comes after she obviously missed Bound for Glory and wasn't at the Impact set of tapings. People were very concerned about her, given sort of what's been reported previously. And she obviously has had a very rough go of things and has announced she'll be taking a break from social media and stepping away from wrestling. Uh, my timeline has been flooded with positive uh, stories from wrestlers where, who, who have worked with Kylie or, or, more impressively, haven't worked with Kylie and have just heard great stories about her or had interactions with her. So I think it's obviously very sad to hear, but, I mean, at the end of the day, this it, it makes it, it puts everything into the context. This us arguing about the Fiends matches or Drew McIntyre, it's all very jovial and all very lighthearted. But when something like this happens, it is a piece of serious news. So as as I said at the top of this, from everyone here at Wrestling Daily and at Wrestle Talk, uh, we do hope that uh, everyone is very is kind to Kylie on social media, even though she isn't on it at the moment, and it's kind to everyone else in the world right now with the craziness going on and. We just wish her the best with 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 her life and what she decides to do moving forward. Absolutely. Um, and I saw Smiley Kylie at Las Vegas um, for the first ever Double or Nothing. And, you know, she was so captivating and so uh, infectious. Um, I'll just read her statement here quickly. It says, good morning. I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused and miscommunication. I'm currently unwell. I'm also sorry that I wasn't able to get out this time uh, to get this out before your monthly subscription charge. Of course, this is going out to her Patreon subscribers. I wanted to take this time to say I'm no longer a professional wrestler. I'm currently taking a break from social media. It's been a very hard decision to make, but please understand when I am well, I will try to fulfill any obligations that I have missed during this time. Most tiers will not be able to be fulfilled. Please feel free to unsubscribe from this membership slash Patreon account. Thank you for your understanding. So uh, as echoed by Lou, we wish Kylie all the best in whatever she, you know, wherever she finds her happiness. And of course, if you know she says she's unwell, let's just hope she gets better and finds her own happiness. And uh, we all support you in doing that, Kylie. Thank you for everything you've done for wrestling. If that is your last match indeed. So um and I, I do want to end on a positive note. A yeah, I always on one. So you posted a picture on Twitter this week. <laughs> no, you're going to do it. All right. And just to preface this, to get this on my computer, I had to text it to my brother. He was like, why have you sent me a picture of this? Did he like it? He, he, he was impressed. And he, he's a bit of a connoisseur. So he was impressed. So okay. you posted this on Twitter. 
as, as I rightly should. Look at that. For podcast listeners are some very nice, I'd call them golden brown roast potatoes, and they look they look very tasty. I'm salivating a little bit. Thank you. But you said you can make the perfect roast potato. So as a wrestling daily exclusive, how does Alex McCarthy cook his roast potatoes? Listen, if, if Cultaholic don't pick up this story tomorrow, I'm going to be very, very upset. Um, li- listen, I th- the reason I did this was that I... Um, hey, well, I I'm post- going to put it back up. The world deserves to see them. I'm going to put yeah. the picture back up. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I posted a picture of roast potatoes a few weeks ago um and jokingly put it on twitter and everyone loved it um so then i've just i'm just proving that i can do it whenever i feel like lou whenever i want to dish out some great roasties i do actually have um <laughs> i do have like a uh a trickers of the trade if you want to get them like this i would like it if, if honestly if anyone wants to try this and then send me either on twitter or in or to louis to put on here your pictures of the roasties Please do. Um, Tell you what, let's do that. So everyone's got my Twitter. Well, I'll flash it back up on screen as we finish. If you cook roast potatoes and you think you can do a better job than Alex or you use Alex's method that he is about to give us his world exclusive, at me and we will put them on the show and we will do a rate your spud segment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is the reason I wanted my own wrestling show. Of course it was. Um, so listen, the main the main part of it, is to get make sure they're boiled correctly before before right. So peel them. You need about eight minutes. You want to be able to stick a fork in them, and they're soft, but they're not coming away. It's a very delicate time scale, right? You get them in there. You pull them out. You let them dry for a bit. Don't 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 try and you know get them too early. Let them dry and sit on the side, and then you take a fork to them. As you can see in this photo here, you can yeah. see the scratches down them. You take a fork to every long side. Okay. And then once they're dry, you put butter, you put Lurpak. And a lot of people will tell you goose fat, but I'm telling you Lurpak. Is it Lurpak we have? Yes, right? My missus says yes. Lurpak on the top of the potatoes, you let it drizzle down, and then they go in there for about, 30, about 35, 40 minutes. Turn them regularly every 10 minutes. Bob's your uncle. Great roast potatoes. Listen, Liverpool have just um, scored. It's just 3-0. We've just heard your roast potato exclusive. What what, what better way to go out? I don't think there's a better way to go out of Wrestling Daily. The first Wrestling Daily of the week. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday. But I don't know how any show is going to top this. Liverpool 3-0 up. We've just heard the perfect way to cook some spuds. Can't get better. I legitimately want to see people's spuds. Legitimately. Send Uh, them in. My Twitter's there, at the Louis Dangle. Send them in. I want to see your perfect roast potatoes. And uh, we'll figure out something to give to the winner. Stay tuned, because there might be a little prize for the winner, whether Alex personally comes around to your house and cooks you some roast potatoes. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, or merch, probably more likely merch than me invading your house during lockdown. No, 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 no. Something like that. We'll, Listen, we'll figure it out. We'll we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this up. Thank you guys very much for um, dropping your super chats and your comments uh, today with the live stream. You've been a great gang. Thank you very much. You're a bunch of good eggs. What are they, Lou? Good. Hang on. <laughs> what? We have one super chat left in the dock. Do we? All right. Let's get to that. Um, Apologies. Oh, I, I see that. Is it from Matty? Matty the Scott. All right. It is. So he says. I feel so sorry for The Fiend. I loved him when he started. Helena Cell was strike one. Saudi was strike two. I like the no-selling aspect. Something 
different. I mean, is Saudi strike two? Is that his fault? No, but I think, and, and Helen Hassel is not his fault either, but I think it's, we often do this. When a wrestler, we don't like something that the wrestler's done, we take it out on them as opposed to the company. And that's obviously unfortunate. Um, but, I mean, what can you do? It's, it wasn't his fault. But I do understand it. So a lot of people, he was the hottest thing in wrestling on the week AW Dynamite was launching. And they they soured him. But, I mean, he's doing great stuff now. So I'm really excited for the future. And I do feel bad for him because he's got this. You can tell he's creative. You can tell he's, he's, he's trying to make this work. And I really hope that we can see um, more great stuff from him. Salah's, uh, Mane's just scored, so it's 4-0. Um, um, there's, there's a lot of sexual innuendos in our comments about spuds. Look, if I want to see spuds, guys, I expect you to take me seriously. God damn it. I want to see some good old roasties. I don't, you know, no one get authoritative over spuds. We don't need a dictatorship. No, of course. Um, I want to see some people's spuds, Chris Duncan. Yeah, man. I want to see some Listen, spuds. We are an innocent show here. Yeah. Stop. We're God innocent. Anyway, as we said, all my good eggs out there, thank you so much for um, you know your participation in the show today. You can catch up on podcasts if you're catching this late or you haven't caught it at all. Please do get us on your usual podcast providers. And remember to share and subscribe and like with Wrestle2 and Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. I've been Alex McCarthy. He's been Louis Dangor. And thank you guys so much 